Hey there. Welcome to the Kingdom Bringer podcast, episode number 20. 20. We made it to 20 episodes and we're going to do what we said we would do. A question and answer episode. It took a little bit of time, but you guys came through Yeah, provided us some questions. We had about five or six people that have reached out to us with some questions. One person gave us about 28 questions. Thank we're you, gonna, Mike. Thank you, Mike. We're going to take a couple of those today. And thank you. Thank you guys for participating in this. We hope we can do it. And I actually wasn't even thinking about it being episode 20, but it's kind of cool that we get to do some mixing things up and do something different on our 20th episode. It's exciting. Yes. Scott Tilly, how are you, sir? Dude, I'm good. Uh, I just, man... I'm blessed to just read through some of these things that people have been stirring up in their hearts to ask us, and I'm really blessed that these people took the time. Um, I just reading through Mike's and a couple others, man. Like these, these are good questions, and I'm super excited to like just dig into this. Uh, it's a perfect day to do a podcast, bro. It's dreary outside, like it's been raining. Dreary? Is it it's dreary? Freaking! Yeah. It's freaking pouring outside. It is, and yeah, you're right. We're in the basement again. And I might KB just stay Studios. here. I may not come out, bro. It's it's. I might uh, need to get a raft if I do. It's 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 coming down good in October, nonetheless. Yeah, so, best month of the year. Yeah, man. So I want to get things started off too with the same old stuff. We have a actually some new information we're going to share with you too about how you guys can partner with us. First of all, we want to encourage you to rate, review, subscribe, and share these episodes on iTunes, Spotify. Google Play. You ever listen to Google Play, Scott? I don't think I have. I've heard a lot about it, but I'm pretty subjected to uh, Podbean, actually. Yeah, you check it out on Podbean. I listen to iTunes usually. I listen to Spotify sometimes. I know we have a friend that listens to Overcast. We're actually been getting more and more YouTube hits. Mm -hmm. So check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean our YouTube page, go subscribe to that. Share all these episodes with your guys' friends if yeah. you have friends. You may be like Darren. You may be like <laughs> Darren who doesn't have any friends wah, and he just wah, wah. hangs out in the basement all day long. <laughs> I does that Eeyore spirit. <laughs> Eeyore spirit. You mentioned that the other day. The Eeyore spirit. <clears throat> oh my goodness. Man. Oh my so, goodness. it's very important for you guys to go help us share these. Uh, do, you, do you follow Sean Bowles at all? Scott? Of course. So he has a a podcast (laughs) called Exploring the Prophetic. Yeah. He just hit his one millionth download. What? I thought we were doing well. Oh, okay. I thought, okay. Yeah. I I heard that wrong. Yeah. Download. His his one millionth download of his podcast, and it's a fairly young podcast. So I thought we were doing well until I heard that, and I'm like, yeah, we got a ways to go. So we need you guys to get these out there and share them with your friends. If you go on iTunes, if you guys listen to iTunes, Go on there and rate and review. It's simple. You can rate it with a uh, five stars if you want and give us a quick review. Just tell us what you think about the podcast, how we're doing, how it's impacted your life, if at all, and let us know. That would be fantastic. It just helps boost what we're trying to do here. So for the new news, we've got a way that you guys can give and support and, and partner with us. I really believe that when you have something good in your life, that you rely on once a week, that you listen to, that you sometimes are led to support it. 
and I want to open up and provide an opportunity for you guys to give financially to this podcast. If it's a if it's a, a, a ministry that you believe in, if it's a ministry that's been impactful for you to to you at all, uh, I want to encourage you to pray about this and see if the Lord pushes you to to give to us financially. And this is how you're going to do it. It's on push pay. What you need to do is text the word Will Rhodes, W-I-L-R-O-A-D-S, text the word Will Rhodes to 77977. And you will get a text back with a link. And all you got to do is select how you want to give. There's a there's a uh, scroll down section where you will scroll down to the Kingdom Ringer podcast. Select that and, it, and you give. And it's super, super simple. You can set it up monthly to where you give $10 a month, $25 a month. Or you can do a one-time gift of $18,000 billion trillion. However you want to do it. It's super, super simple. And... Uh, thank you, Jason Getz and Will Rhodes, for opening up that that line for us and that opportunity. Um, here's the deal: there, there's there's some financial needs for this podcast. It's not always as simple as we're just recording this and put it out. We have an annual subscription that we have to keep up with, and actually, any podcast that you're listening to that's of any quality at all, they're usually paying somebody to produce that thing for them. I do this stuff myself, so. It's about four or five hours every Monday that I'm putting into this thing where I'm editing, producing this thing. Scott Tilly's driving to Dodge City. Um, so we have some financial <laughs> needs. And, man, I just I believe that this is going to be like looking out into the future, bro. I'm believing that this is going to be a future ministry for us. I really, really do. And sure, I just think it's a cool opportunity if you guys are interested in just partnering with us. I'm going to keep saying partnering with us partner, because partner, we do. Partner. We actually rely on you guys every week. If you guys weren't listening, we wouldn't be doing this, I don't think. Right. Um, so you guys can partner with us. Pray about that. See if that's something you're interested in doing. That's exciting news. So shall we get to the questions? Scott Let's Tilly. Let's do it. So we're going to kind of tag team this. we got a couple, a couple each. I want to get things started off. And every one of these came through uh, thekingdombringers at gmail.com. So if you guys have questions moving forward, we still promote that. Questions or comments, you can send them to thekingdombringers at gmail.com. And we are answering questions that came to us through that avenue. So this one came from Faith through email. And she said, her question was, why did God make man? And she actually answered her own question. And so she's kind of a two-part question. She said, why did God make man? And she believes that it was to share his love and bring him glory. So her second part of the question is, if that's the reason, then why didn't he just make man and place us directly in heaven with him? I like that question a lot. It's a great question. I think it's a really good question because it makes sense. And I've heard that before, that if our whole reason for being was to, to get saved and go to heaven— then when we get saved, we would drop dead. If that was the reason. <laughs> You're done. I, yeah. And so this is a good question. I, I want to hit on a couple things, and then I'll see if you have anything to add to it. So first off, I'll say this, Faith. I believe, if you remember back in, the, in Genesis, in the beginning of this book, we were made, man, he made man in his image. It says that he created man to reign 
over the animals and to tend the garden that he placed man into. And there's a, there's, there's a moment where Eve eats of the tree and it says that she covered herself because she heard the Lord walking. I believe that the Lord and man walked together in the garden, that there was this relationship where man was actually created to be with him. And so since sin came and then Jesus did what he did, I believe that the whole restoration process is to bring us back into that kind of relationship where we're with the Father. And so I do believe that it was God's design. Like you said, it was his design to to share his love and to bring him glory. I agree with that. But I also believe that we were actually created and intended to be with him. And so we got to spend time with him in the garden. Then sin came and, and separated that. And there's been this sin consciousness ever since. So I believe that in the beginning, it was heaven on earth. Like I believe that garden was a heavenly experience. And so, yes, there was an intention for us to be with him, quote unquote, in heaven. And then when Jesus came and he's, he, he teaches us how to pray and it's our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom Come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I believe that Jesus's design was to restore us back to that original created state of bringing heaven to earth. And it says that he's given us the keys to unlock things in in heaven, to unlock things here on earth and to lock things here on earth and to bring heaven to earth. And so I believe in heaven to earth ministry. That's what Scott and I both believe in heaven to earth ministry, where we're actually taking uh, the things in heaven. Like we all say there's no sickness in heaven, or I can't wait till we get to heaven because we're not going to have these broken down bodies anymore. Well, we actually believe that God can bring that now and that we're called to restore things on earth as in heaven. So I do believe that God's design was heaven on earth. And I believe that uh, in part, we're we're doing the same thing today until that day Jesus comes when we're going to get to experience it to the full. Scott Tilly, do you have anything to add to that? Whoa, that's good. Uh, Yeah, that's a great question, first of all. And I I think that, man, I I agree with what you said. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, like piggyback off that a little bit. Um, I I just believe that Jesus came to bring back what was stolen from us. I believe that he that God's God's heart is to have a relationship with with His creation. It's always been that way. I mean, from the beginning, just the intricacies the intricacies of the way He developed things and the way He made things and the way He allowed Adam to name things. Like you don't give somebody responsibility with something that that you're not going to trust them with. Right. And he's an all knowing God. So he knew, right. He knew that Genesis three was going to happen the fall. Um, but, and we can't look at it as a plan B because God has no plan B. Like it it just is, it's a plan A. And, and I I really feel like it's to me, bro, it's the perfect love story. I mean, I'm not, I'm not afraid to fillet my heart here for a minute and say like, I enjoy movies that have, (laughs) Yeah. pretty awesome endings yeah. like the boy and girl date whatever something happens there's a fight and then they end up together like i just feel like the the book of the bible is god's love poem to us and and it's and it's not just um to 
to get to a place where he, he doesn't desire to control it. Like he desires for the uh, the decisions to be made on our end so that it brings us in closer relationship of him. And yes, we live in a fallen world and, and um, I, I'm going to try to land this plane the best I can, but, but like that doesn't detour the fact that we have a standing relationship with God if that's what we desire. And um, he did make everything perfect. I do believe that he made a heaven on earth atmosphere for Adam and Eve. Um, and I just, I believe that what, what the enemy has tried to make for bad and in, in decisiveness, you know, I believe that God will make for good and he already has made for good. Um, and that we have, like you said, just to kind of wrap this up here, we have, like you said, um, this heavenly kind of dominion on earth as it is in heaven, as Jesus said, because he told Peter that um, when he handed him the keys of the kingdom, that what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. So we have an access to That's the heaven. connection point. That's yeah. the connection, right, that, that Jesus brought, right? Because That's right. that was Jesus speaking to Peter. So it doesn't happen without him, first of all. Like yes. there's, no, there's, none, there's no concept of a heavenly um, connection without Jesus. It's just, it's impossible. You can try to manifest your own. It just doesn't happen. But um, I think that God desires and delights in watching his creation move in love, man. So when I, when, when something is created with my wife and I, such as a child, I love to watch this kid maneuver and, and move through this world and pick the right things yes. and choose the right things. And then I, I, I de- desire in, in giving them um, a little bit of honor in that. Like, I love you. You did so well. Thank you for, you know, proving to me what I already knew you could do. You know, and I really feel like that's kind of how God looks at us. And that was the right standing that Jesus brought with with the whole concept of, as you said earlier, like heaven on earth, man. I just, I believe that. And I believe that he trusts us with this life, dude. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you went there because I was going to, the Lord kind of put that on my heart just now too about that natural father-child relationship. I'm I'm here on earth to parent my kids for their destiny, yeah. like to raise them up for their destiny. I'm not about to hand them their destiny right now. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very glad that I get to experience these 18 years or so with them before I send them out. If that was the case, we would give birth to kids and then just send them yeah, off to college. Right. Exactly. But we're, we actually get, we're excited as fathers, as natural fathers to experience this life with these kids, the ups, Amen. the downs, Amen. the, the, the bicycles tipping over, Right. Yeah. The bumps and the bruises and the the crying times in their bedrooms. And when they're 18, 20, 30, 40 years old, we're going to look back at all those times, all the goods and the bads. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the parenting experience that we had. I believe God's the same way, man, with every single one of us. We got the emotion from him. I mean, so good. It it is. uh, I think that um, him watching again, man, him watching his kids succeed. It brings delight to him. I really feel like, as the word says, he delights in us, like he delights over us. And and I think that we can miss that when we get so caught up on, I, lo- I love the whole Bible. I mean, the whole thing is the word of God. But if we just take one scripture yeah. and we don't look at the thing as a whole, and we don't look what was brought after this specific fall, that God said, you know what, I'm going to send myself in man form to fix what the enemy tried to you know, tried to mess up. There's going to be a fixing of this. And all it takes is you fixating your eyes on me. And I I really, man, I, that's a great question. Faith, amazing question. And that's, that's something too. I want to add, man, every question is a good question. Absolutely. I think we're here to learn, man. And so faith, let us know, email us back. If that, if that, uh, 
quenches your thirst. Um, if you have something you that you want to add to it, definitely email us and let us know. Okay, question number two. This comes in from Michael uh, through the email chain. And he sent us a bunch, and we picked yeah. out two that we think we really want to hit on today. It's the first one here. What can help us recognize our spiritual gifts? What can help us recognize what our spiritual gifts are? Scotty, I'll let you take this one. Wow, yeah. Shout out to Mike, man. Talk about a dude who is growing in the faith. My goodness. Uh, he blesses me, bro. I, I've learned so much from him. But uh, to answer that question, um, man, I, I was sitting on this for a little while, and I started kind of taking notes on some of the some of the stuff that was really resonating with his heart. And uh, for me, man, I mean, this is kind of personal because – um, until I got in the right company of people, I really didn't recognize what my spiritual gifts were. And I, and I think you can pray and ask, and I do believe that God will reveal those to you. Um, but I also believe that that only happens with spending alone time with him um, and letting him just speak just kind of eloquence over you. And for me, man, uh, as, this is kind of what I got with, with that. What resonates with your heart? Like what is in your heart that that aligns with a kingdom mentality that you are just naturally gifted at? Like, because I mean, let's we, we see people all the time that have natural gifts. We see kids play ball, and we're like, wow, he's naturally gifted at moving laterally, or he's naturally gifted to have excelling speed, or this, that, and the other. I believe it's kind of the same way in the spirit, man. Like you're like you just have a way with people in a certain way. Uh, to be able to reach them on the level that God has called you to reach them. And I believe that that is stewarded by the company that you keep and those around you that are pouring into you and, and not giving up meeting together, as the word says. Those are people that were stirring up gifts, man. They, they, were, in a, they, were, in a, they were in an area where uh, they would sit around and they would prophesy to each other and they would speak like words of encouragement and words of knowledge. And, and then it would equip these people to go out and do what the Lord had called them to do. But a few questions back... Um, is like this is this is good because it really it, it really challenges me to think like I think you look internally when you when you have a question like that well what are my gifts how did I know I had those gifts and um, I think assurance of those gifts too um, having people around you that are like consistently assuring you like man this is Godly people, by the way, because you can get other counsel, but wise counsel. wise counsel is what you need to be seeking. And like people that are like assuring you like, yeah, bro, this is this is good. This is a good thing because um, God will will send those people to you. But what resonates with your heart, man, most in the word of God, first of all, like when you read scripture and, you know, because we all do this, we read scripture and we kind of like we like take notes like, well, I kind of have the qualities of Peter or I kind of have the qualities of David or Daniel or Isaiah or, you know, like I could see where, you know, I could be. And, and I think God will use that, but he wants your gift to work for you. Like he That's specifically good. wants your gift to work for you and seeking him on that is crucial. Uh, one of the things that I noted um, as well as where in your life, okay, are you most complacent? Mm. Because where you're most complacent, there's probably a gift in that that the enemy is keeping you real comfortable so you won't recognize that That's gift. I, for me, I really realize that for me. Like the places where I'm most content are probably the places where I need to be growing in that gifting because maybe that's something that really comes natural to me, the, that's handed to me from from, from the Father. Uh, and, and one of the things I wanted to talk about... Um, 
real quick with that, Mike, is um, in 1 Thessalonians, there is a scripture, if I can find it on my U version. Thank you, Greg Rochelle. <laughs> I think we've thanked him a lot on here yeah, for man, that, we're, right? We're so thankful for that guy. <laughs> Um, it comes from it comes from five, First uh, Thessalonians five verse eighteen, and this is the amplified version. It says, "In every situation, no matter what the circumstances be, uh, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus." Now, the will of God, right, would be a gifting wrapped in what He's got for you in, in your in your will, or in His will rather. The will of God is for you to succeed, man. The will of God is for you to take what he's gifted you with and share it with the world and see people set free on a heavenly level, right? So the areas where I feel like I struggle the most, I just feel like there's a gift on the other side of that struggle. That's good. I feel like there's God's got something brand new for me on that other side of that. But as far as knowing like what my spiritual gifting is, that doesn't come from me chasing the gift. It chase. It comes from me chasing the gift giver. Like it, it has to be Jesus. It has to be my relationship with him before X, Y, Z. I was asked one time, you know, about ministry and how it got started and how I ended up pastoring this church. And, you know, the Lord has really blessed us in so many ways. He's basically given us two churches. And um, I was asked, like, how did that, how did that come about for you? And I guess my, my, my simplest answer would be, I, I didn't really, I guess I had a want or a need to pastor and kind of have a ministry, but that all stemmed from me wanting a closer relationship with Jesus. All that stuff just kind of was added because as Matthew six thirty three says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. So knowing your gifting is a good thing, but knowing the gift giver is crucial, Mike. That's and, so good. And I, and I just, I love you, bro. And I appreciate you so much, man. Your heart is so sincere. And I thank you for that question. So what, what do you have with that, bro? Yeah, I will say I agree with all of that. And sometimes we say, sometimes it's easy to say things to people um, because we understand it. Like I do that, I do that a lot. Yeah. Like it makes sense to me. So I'm just going to explain it to you that way. And it still doesn't resonate. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to spiritual gifts, man, I think that's one of the, the biggest areas that that God desires for us to all have community in especially like if you look at what we're trying to do with this fivefold ministry that God's uh laying out not just for us but for all the people like in our circle all the people in our in our region they're going to be affected by this the reason we have leaders the reason God gave these five gifts to the church was to raise up people for 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 love and mm-hmm. good works and so it is it is the leader's job within a church to to find and to pull out those giftings in people. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a person who's listening to this and you just don't see it, like my wife, for example, believed for a really long time that she just didn't have spiritual gifts. Yeah. First of all, that's so not Which true. Which is crazy, yeah. It's so not true. Not- but secondly, I get it. I mean, I can get where somebody would think that they don't have any spiritual well, gifts. Well, that's what I was, that's what I was saying earlier, yeah. like finding those people around yes. you that are going to, they're going to steward that, yeah. like are going to see that because you, you don't always see your gift. Darren right. doesn't always see his gift. Right. But if I'm saying, Hey dude, you're really good at this, this, and this, yeah. 
then it starts to cultivate that seed a little bit and there starts to germinate and that thing starts to grow. It's like, whoa. And you realize that. And it's not a vain thing. It's like, wow, I I really am good at this because his grace has been given to me to do this. That's right. And And there's always a place for me and for Scott and for whoever... Those people that do know their spiritual gifts, it's their job to steward those things yeah. and not, you know, and uh, allow humility to always be flowing through that for sure. Mm-hmm. But man, it's my job to be looking out for people that that have a gift of prophecy. Or if I see something in them, it's my job as a leader. I'm actually not stewarding my gift if I'm not looking for people that have those Absolutely. gifts. Absolutely. And so, yeah, man, it, I guess look for the fruit. Yeah. Look for the fruit in a church. Look for the fruit in a ministry. Look for the fruit in a circle of people that if you see people that are walking in spiritual gifts, get around them. Yes. Because the good fruit, man, first of all, it tastes really good, Mm -hmm. but it also provides a seed. When you eat that fruit, a seed is planted and it will grow around healthy environment. It births more fruit, man. That's, that's the whole idea. When, when the word says to be fruitful and multiply, it wasn't just talking about having kids. It was talking about, a kingdom the, lifestyle right. for every next generation and those around you. And that that's takes right. us steward the responsibilities of our gifting to give to others. Listen, the best thing you can do with your favorite gift is to give it away. It's good. So I, I really, and I, and I see that, I see yeah. a culture of that and that excites me. Yeah. And as Darren said, like those are the people that you need to be around. Yep. Jesus said that, well, I didn't come to bring pre- peace, but a sword. I believe that he was talking about dividing people that were spiritually sound and people that were not. That's right. He didn't care about dead works. Like he wanted to see this thing grow. That's right. And there's a certain amount of people that are doing that. And there's a certain amount of people that aren't. And I think finding that your crew, your, what's the word that those kids say now? The, my, it used to be a posse when I was in high school, but it's not posse yeah. anymore. It's well, tribe is the Christian yeah. thing. Find <laughs> I'm trying tribe. to go like cool though. Like yeah, I'm yeah. trying to click. Is it? Is what? that it? No, nah, that's not it. Six click. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, shoot us with the answer to that. That's yeah. our question back to you, Mikey. What? It's your responsibility. <laughs> Let us know. Thank you for the question. That was a yeah. great question. Okay, the next question is from Macy. Again through email, thekingdombringers at gmail Her question, and I'm going to hit the first part of it. I'll explain a little bit. She she put some more stuff in there that was, um, I think, important for us to know. Um. The question is, how do I forgive myself for all of my repeated sins? How do I know God will forgive me even though I repeatedly did things against him knowing it was wrong? Okay. Mm. Another great question. And I'm going to I'm going to take this one. I got a couple verses that I want to go through. First of off, first of off, first of all, first of off. <laughs> first off, we can assume that every sin is knowingly doing things that are wrong. Yeah. You know, Jesus on the cross, I remember him saying, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. So there's a place for you know every baby that comes into this world. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's a place for, I believe that every sin is a knowingly uh, doing something wrong or against the Father. So sin is not something that just happens to us. It's something we choose. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jesus has given us the power to actually choose righteousness. We have the power to choose righteousness. I want to read out of Romans eight. And so this goes into your, uh, forgiveness, Macy, this goes into, um, 
believing that that God will forgive you and has forgiven you. Romans 8, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Yeah. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you. The power of has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Okay? So you have been freed from that that power of sin and you have the opportunity to choose the life-giving power that the spirit brings. So the biggest thing here is you got to just believe that. Like you have to just believe that there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you if you have a relationship with Jesus, if you've accepted him as your savior, which Macy, I know you have. I know you have. I know you personally. Then there is no more condemnation for you. That means that the Father no longer looks at your sin and holds that over your head anymore. If you're feeling guilty, if you're feeling condemned by the things that you've done, that's the enemy, just like he did in the garden when he went up to Eve and made her question what the, what the Lord said. Did, did he really say this, is what the, the serpent told Eve. The enemy still uses that tactic today. And, mm-hmm. and, and he wants you to question what the Lord is saying. And this book, over and over and over again, will talk about your righteousness in Christ. Righteousness simply means being right with God. Yeah. It means you're standing rightly with God, that he sees you as righteous. And so that's, that's the first thing. The second thing in regards to uh, the forgiveness, you asked, how do I know that God will forgive me or that God has forgiven me for the things that I've repeatedly done against him? First uh, John chapter 1, verse 9 but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, it says that he will forgive us from all of our sin and all and, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, it's one of those things you got to just stand firm on. Either you believe it or you don't. Hmm. This word is true. This is what I have to continually bring myself back to because the enemy puts up um, false things that are usually prettier. They're usually easier to attain. They're usually easier to go after and they just get us off track of the truth. So we have to, there comes a time when you have to stand firm on this platform of, I just believe God's word and I'm going to stand firm on that, that I've, I've confessed my sins. God has forgiven me of those things and now I'm right with God. When you see yourself rightly, when you see yourself the way God sees you, there's so much freedom in that. And so for Macy, for you, I, I just I want to say that you've been forgiven of the things that you think you're not forgiven of. And you can forgive. The Bible also says that forgive others just as I've forgiven you. So since you have been forgiven, you now can forgive others. And there's no more guilt, shame, or condemnation for you because you are a child of the king. You have to just believe that. And so we believe that for you. And I'm believing that you're going to come to a place when you can stand firm with that as well. Scott Tilly, want to add to that? Man, this one messed me up because I know exactly what she's facing. 
like I I feel that same emotion. Um, it like I have an <laughs> the old me just used to sit and ponder on how could he forgive me for this. Macy, we used to run in uh, some of the same circles. We ended up at some of the same places. I just was thinking about that a couple, you know, probably, I don't know how long it's been. Let's just say years back. Let's just say BC. (laughs) 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 But uh, for me, anyway, um, and I just want to say to you, Macy, that, man, if if he can clean me up, and put me, you know, in a position to preach his word with authority and with grace and truth. And I promise you, he can do whatever he wants to do with you. And um, I know that thought. I know that feeling that's in your head that how can, how can. And and for me, um, this just comes, it's such a testimony time right now. And, and I'm going to use some scripture, but I don't want it to feel like it's for me, for me, for me. But it's what I have to go on with your story because I feel like I really connect with what you're saying. And... When I started, um, when I started placing those questions differently in front, and stopped centering it around me, how can He forgive me? And started centering it around Jesus, and putting Him in the center. Like it kind of eradicates that I'm so sin focused, and it brings me to a concept of being sun focused, like sun focused being Jesus, like the Son, and. And so when, when I started to do that, like it really changed my perception and it really is a perception thing. Like everything we look at in life can be from a perspective, like a perspective of do's and don'ts, good or bad, here's or there's, but a perspective of that I am righteous by his blood, like his blood has cleansed me. And as Darren was saying in Romans, there is no condemnation in that. The enemy would love for you to believe that there is condemnation you know, for your past sins, but it's just not true. Once you know, Jesus, he bridged the gap between you and the father. And I really, I was thinking about this verse in second Corinthians and and many people have heard it. And it's just a truth of God's word that Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church in five seventeen. Um, this was a messed up church. They, they were going back to a lot of old ways and they were actually exploring with some new weird stuff. And he really had to come in and say, look, that's not who you are. This is who you are. Second Corinthians five seventeen says it is. It is for. Um, let's see. <laughs> now, yeah. now, let's uh, put me on the spot. For anyone who is in Christ yeah, yeah. is a brand new creation. Yeah. Like the old is gone. Behold, and anytime the the Bible says the word behold, look closely. Yeah. Behold, the new has come. And it wasn't the fact that they that they weren't in a position um, to be so much good with God. But the father was like, Paul was reminding them, like, this is not who you are. This thought process is not who you are. This is what the word says you are. You are a brand new creation. So even though those old thoughts may creep in, that is that does not define who you are. Your identity is found in the king of kings, in Jesus, and what he did for you. So uh, in that case, man, it's just about renewing your mind and getting to a get into a first Peter five, seven concept where I'm going to cast all my anxieties on him because why he cares for me. He literally cares that you're having those anxieties. He cares that you're having those worries. He wants to put your mind in right standing as well as your body with him in right standing. So I I don't know. I I just, that really, that really resonated with me because I felt that way too. The enemy has lied to me. Um, even well into the ministry, he has lied to me about things. Um, 
just putting things in my brain like, you know, you're not forgiven for that. And da, 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 da. man, forget that. He like he's so defeated. He's so broke. All he has is that. All he has is the remembrance of your sin. That's not how God looks at you. He has the righteousness in Christ Jesus that you're wrapped in. And you're wrapped in his love and his purity. So that's good. I just, man, I release that to you, Macy, and thank you for being vulnerable. That's that's amazing. That's good. Okay. Um, speaking of grace and truth, you mentioned grace and truth. Yeah. Grayson oh. reached out to us through email. I love Ba-dum-tsh. that kid. I love Ba-dum-tsh. that kid. Get it? Grace and truth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all night, he says. <laughs> Literally, he lives here. He asks a question. He says, could you cover the prevalence and importance of the threefold trinity of God in the church today? Whoa. He's talking about Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I assumed that. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm going to let you handle that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that one was yours. Nope, you're good. Actually, I do have something to say on that. I heard it. It's, It's pretty cool. Ryan... Ryan Webster actually shared that with me, but the whole idea of uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, uh, God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. God was uh, God for us. Jesus was God with us. And Holy Spirit is God in us. That's good. That's kind of a cool way to look at that. That's good. Man, so so read that one more time just so I have clarity. Could you cover the prevalence and importance of the threefold trinity of God in the church today? Importance and prevalence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Well, first of all, let's note that those three are not separate. They are one. And even though in Bible we see different in the Bible we see different instances where um, you get you get to <laughs> you get to see all in action. Like the Old Testament was Kind of, I mean, obviously he had his his spirit. The spirit of the Lord was with them, and but you get to see really God. And there's a lot of wrath, and there's a lot of bloodshed, and there's a lot of, and then you get to see Jesus in the in the beginning of Matthew. You get to see like the birth of him and the birth of basically this new wave coming yeah. with Jesus. And then before he leaves, he hands off the Holy Spirit to the disciples. And so, but I want to back up for just a minute to Genesis, where uh, God is is making everything and and he and he looks and he's getting ready to start creation of man and he says hey let us make man in our image he doesn't say mine it says our so right away we know that that Jesus and holy spirit are both there like he didn't have a frog in his pocket he's not talking to one of the angels he's talking to the godhead 3 in 1 and I think I think where I I think I know where he's going with this question, so I'm going to take it at that angle. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But uh, um, the prevalence of of noting all three of the Godhead in one, in the church. Yes, that that was specifically his question for sure. Any service that you have together, where it's two or more, you have to have the understanding that all three of these work in one for that service. I've seen services, and I've been to services, and this is why I think I was going where Holy Ghost is just not present. Yeah. We talk about God, we talk about Jesus, and we, but the Holy Spirit has no room to, to do anything that he wants to do in the, in the, in the confines of that service. Now, yeah. one thing that we do at my place is I pray the same prayer basically every week at Startup. We steward every inch of this room to you. Whatever you want to do, you do it. And 
that's not forgetting the Holy Spirit, (laughs) you know? I mean, that's just a place of understanding, and that should be my prayer every morning when I wake up. I steward every corner of my heart to you, every every inch of my life to you. Whatever you want to do, Holy Spirit, you do. And noting that we can say, we can we can give a great sermon, right? We, we can have PowerPoints. We can have great notes. We can have this thing planned out 40 hours th- this week. I've worked on this thing. And I can stand up there and I can give you a presentation of who God is. But it, it, it may not touch your heart unless the Holy Spirit is present in those words. And I'm talking about less of an attitude of this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and more of a, I don't care what it looks like, God. You do what you want to do with it. If you take that complete sermon that I just prepared 40 hours with and you scrap it and you say, no, we're going to talk on this, that's letting the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. And I really want to pinball this one off of you because I, I see you shaking your head yeah. and, and, and I, I really want to just, I I'm, want to ping pong this. I'm nodding this, my man. head for yeah. sure. No, no, I mean nodding. Sorry. <laughs> he, he wasn't disagreeing. It, it was a nod. Yeah. I, I want to pinball this thing back and forth, man. Like, Yeah. No, I think... The whole, we've treated the Holy Spirit definitely as the forgotten cousin. Oh, that's good. You know, and that's, I think part of the reason why is because with the Holy Spirit comes power. Yeah. With the Holy Spirit comes signs and wonders and miracles. Yeah. And sometimes those things freak us out. Mm-hmm. And so I think the church has, we all want Jesus. That's how we go to heaven. Yep. We all want God because we're scared that he might, you know, send lightning down from heaven. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit, there's really, <laughs> we only know the Holy Spirit doing one thing, and that's bringing crazy stuff. Mm. You know, with the Holy Spirit comes crazy tongues. With the Holy Spirit comes all these things that make us uncomfortable. And so it's been easier to push that one out the door yeah. or to lock the door and not let that one come in. Yeah. And you cannot read about the church in the New Testament without the Holy Spirit. Like right. the church was actually started <laughs> here on earth with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He came. Jesus actually said, I want you to go up into a room and wait for the Holy Spirit. We're not going to start this church thing until I release the Holy Spirit, which is not my cousin. It's actually me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's actually the, what the comforter, the 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 helper, the guide, all those things that we need here on earth to do the kingdom work that Jesus did. The Holy Spirit provides. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's good, man. Yeah, I, I think, and, and I think that's where I, that was very eloquently put. By the way, I think that's where, in some sense, the church has kind of forgotten. Yeah, and and they they really have treated it like that. I, I was, I was just reading, um, in First Thessalonians five, and it says, "Do not quench the spirit." Yeah. It says in nineteen, "Do not quench," and the amp says, "Subdue or be unresponsive." Yes. To the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Yes. So if he's the comforter, we're just going to go on a rabbit trail about Holy Spirit for a moment. Because I yes. believe deep down inside that's where Grayson was wanting us to go. Yeah. Um, without without the Holy Spirit, like if, if we're never in a place of uncomfortability, why would we need the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Does that make sense? That's, like if yeah. I'm always, if my church service looks the exact same every week, there's no, there's no difference. It's a structured plan and... Every week it's the same thing. Eleven fifteen, we're moving on to the next thing. And tw- listen, I'm not out here. I'm not like crucifying any churches that have great structure. There's no, that's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is, if we're not stewarding the room to His presence, then we're missing the big picture. Think of it. Don't think of it as three separate. 
think of it as, okay, it's one pie, and there's a third of that pie that represents, I mean, just, I'm getting mathematical here, don't, this is, this is not theological, this is you mathematical. You lost me at pie. <laughs> but think about it, if, if I give you two-thirds of the pie, you're still missing a third, Yeah. right? You want the whole pie, it's a good pie. That's, yeah. Hey, I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good, That's right. I'm blessed because I took refuge in Him, right? Like, yes. it's a good pie, I want the whole thing. So, if I'm missing one of those, then I've missed the whole point of the gospel. Yeah. I've missed the whole point of of a of a, a regular service when it could have been an extraordinary service, yes. you know? And I'm not saying people don't get saved, and I'm, I'm not saying that, I'm just saying we can miss this thing, dude. Yes. It, if we have the power to quench the spirit, the word says don't quench the spirit. So we have the power to quench the spirit. That's right. Right? Yep. So dunamis, right, is the, is the yep. Greek uh, dynamite, the Holy yep. Spirit. Do you, you receive dunamis power when Jesus the Holy Spirit that's came the, upon you? That's the power that yes. Jesus walked in was dunamis yes. power. The Holy yes. Spirit. And, and he's... He said something very cool about the Holy Spirit, too, when he left. Besides saying, hey, don't leave Jerusalem until he comes, he said, it's better for you that I go or you won't receive him. That's right. And, and, and I'll go to the Father and I'll beckon for him on your behalf. That's right. And he will send him. That's like, right. If I go to the Father, you're going to get the Holy Spirit. That's why I have to go. That's right. There was a have-to mentality of he was trying to comfort them. I got to go home to be with the Father, but I'm going to leave you with something better. Right. He's the Holy Spirit. That's right. And man, I, I, I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm too comfortable, bro. You know what I'm saying? If if I'm not constantly, if my mind's not constantly being renewed yep. by the renewing of my mind, yep. then I might be missing something. That's right. You know? And, and I do, but there's, there's discernment because there is some stuff out there that you really need to be discerning of. But I mean, if I'm always in a place of comfortability, bro, I'm probably missing it. That's right. I'm probably missing it a lot of times. That's right. So he's the comforter. Every single thing can be abused. Every like yeah. the enemy has a counterfeit for everything that the kingdom oh, yeah. carries. So when they carry, that's why you know so many churches are afraid of this Holy Spirit and the power and the signs and the wonders is because it has been abused and the enemy's brought a counterfeit to everything good that, that God wants to unleash on His people. And discernment, like you said, man, that's the biggest thing. And so I don't know if it's in this book or not. I don't, I'm not adding or taking away from this, but I'm kind of a firm believer that Holy Spirit's not in every church. Like he's not there. Hmm. I believe that he's a spirit that hangs out, hangs out and hovers where he's wanted. Hmm. He's not going to... He's a gentleman. He's He doesn't force himself into right. a room. Right. You know? When we seek, we find. Right? When we knock, mm-hmm. the door will be opened. I mm-hmm. kind of believe it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. If we're knocking on that door and we want him in the room, that door's opened and he yeah. comes in. He doesn't waste his time in, in stale environments. And I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm going to find that in the scriptures anywhere, but that just kind of comes from experience. <laughs> You know, there's plenty of churches that are not experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit because he's just not welcome there. Well, it, it may not say that verbatim, but it does say in uh, Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Yeah. So we... we well, and it says do not quench him, which means that it can be quenched. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be grieved and he can be quenched. Right. And to so many churches, um, we'll just talk about like denominational churches. 
mm-hmm. for generations and generations and mm-hmm. generations, any denomination that hasn't been experiencing the Holy Spirit, it's because it was quenched generations ago. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and it just became the norm. Yeah. And what you have when that happens, unfortunately, is um, a, a big religion and not a lot of relationship. Yeah, that's good. And, and that's, unfortunately... <laughs> I'm not out here throwing stones. I don't want anybody to hear that. But like I've experienced it. You've experienced it. And I just want the freedom to walk with my best friend. And the Holy Spirit is my best friend. Yes. I want this. I want the freedom to walk down the street and receive a word of knowledge from him to give to somebody else. Like that's my desire to be to be so close to the Holy Ghost that I can smell him. That I I can. (laughs) This sounds weird, but like that I that I can like have a almost a tangible relationship with him. Like just to know, as the word says that I will never leave you or forsake you to know that like he is in me, but he's also with me. Like when I'm sleeping, I know he's with me when I'm awake. I know that he's with me when I rise. I know that he's with me. And, and I think that we have to get back to that relationship. If we really want to see the church come to the revelation that the father wants for us, man. That's right. And and I, and I just man, that's it's based on relationship with him, dude. It really is. That's right. It, it really is. Yeah. And I don't want to quench him. I I want him to be welcome. You know, one thing that I've always noticed about um because I pay attention when you're when you pastor a church, you really pay attention to the first um what what's the word I'm looking for? For the first say somebody shows up yeah. That's new. Yeah. First impression. That's there, what I'm looking for. I'm really looking at that person and I, and like studying their expression yeah. in, in this place. And one thing that time after time, and it's because we steward well. I think we do a very good job in our place of stewarding. Um, time after time when new people come, they say, wow, I feel the spirit of God in this room. Mm-hmm. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. If I do nothing else right today... Yeah. That was accomplished, that we stewarded the room to have Holy Ghost show up and be here yeah. and know that this is his place, that he's welcome in this house. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, that's my will and my want for every place, bro. Yeah. Every place. If I visit a church, man, I want to, I want to say that yeah. when I walk in, whoa, yeah. spirit of God's in this house. Yeah. You know? And, you know, for any church leaders who are listening to this that are, you know, they really do want to introduce the Holy Spirit back into their church, but they're afraid of it being dampered or it being uh, quenched at some point. I'm just a believer that when you introduce the Holy Spirit to your people, you're probably going to lose some folks. Some folks probably are going to leave. And then the ones that come in in the future that have heard about this Holy Spirit, they're the ones that are coming hungry. Yeah. Like, yeah, yes, you're going to have a few. And I've been a part of, uh, a church or two that has had those headhunters come in and they're wanting to just damage and, and bring, you know, an, an ending to, to what's going on in your church. But for the most part, if people don't want to experience Holy spirit, they ain't coming to a place that has Holy spirit. Right. And so what you're going to have moving forward are hungry people who have heard about what's going on. Mm-hmm. They've heard about the mm-hmm. power. They've heard about the signs and the wonders and the miracles that are taking place in your service. They're the ones that are coming hungry, ready for something new. And I like what you said before about constantly uh, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love that it says the word renewing and not the word renewal. Mm -hmm. We're not transformed by the renewal one time of our mind. 
We're transformed by the renewing, continual yeah. renewing. It's a it's a moving forward word of our mind. Yeah, and that's that's so good. And that's that's what honestly has to happen if you're gonna open your church up to the amazing power mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be prepared for minds to be renewing Absolutely. on a regular basis, including yours as a leader. And uh, it's so good. So I I challenge you if you're listening to this right now and you've never experienced the Holy Spirit. I challenge you. First of all, he's 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 ready. Like as oh, an, yeah. as an individual right now, he can absolutely invade your space and he can get right up in your face oh, yeah. and he can bring that discomfort. He brings the comfort, but there has to be an initial like discomfort yeah. that he invades and he he brings his comfort into that situation. So he can absolutely do that right now as an individual, but on a corporate level, if you're not experiencing that in your church, Man, open your eyes because there are churches right now that are experiencing the Holy Spirit. And it's probably the church that you've heard crazy things about that you've been mm-hmm. afraid of. It every, was for me. Every for community sure. has that yeah. church, you yeah. know, that it, we've avoided. <laughs> it was for me when I first started experiencing uh, the, a move a move like that of him. Um, it was kind of this, I don't know about that place attitude, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you know, as I prayed and as I seeked and as I discerned, man, it, it was, it was a good place for me to learn. So yeah, I went and the Lord, excuse me, really, really taught me a lot of things through, um, me being fearful of something and, you know, stepping yeah. into it and getting, getting a lesson, getting the Holy Spirit teaching. And it's good. And I think, you know, it's like anything else we've been talking about. Be discerning, man, be discerning of, of the spirits as the word says, but not everything that you experience new is a bad thing. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. I mean, maybe you just didn't know before. Yeah. Jesus taught the disciples something new every single day. Yeah. So if I'm not learning from the Father every day. You know what? In fact, I would almost suggest that every new thing is a good thing. <laughs> like, the enemy's kind of done his thing. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a whole lot of new tricks, you know? Like I said about him talking to Eve, the same trick of making us question what the Lord's saying or making him question who we are in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. He's used the same tricks. So I'd almost venture, man, don't be afraid of new at all. He's not like, the creator. That's right. He can't create. He's not the creator, man. Woo. The creator is is Yahweh, God. That's good. The enemy's just some counterfeit punk, man. Counterfeits that's, what the Lord already created. That's good. He's some counterfeit punk that tried to take something that was beautiful and turn it into something that's detestable. That's all he's ever done. That's really and good. you know what? That dude's broke, man. It's good. I mean, I'm not. I'm, he knows I'm not, it. He knows exactly. it exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that I don't sometimes step into his stupid snares. But at the end of the day, when I close my eyes, man, and when I wake up, my reminder is that I'm a kingdom kid before I'm anything. Yeah. Before that's I'm good. a pastor or anything, like I'm a kingdom kid, and that's good. he he has no hold over that. And yeah. and I so man, I. We kind of rabbit trailed, but I I love this conversation, bro. Yeah, like good. I, it's good. I love where we went with this. Yeah, and you know what, man? That's that's all the questions we're gonna go today, man. I think that we're gonna have enough questions for a future Q and A episode. Uh, we've got a couple, like I said, Mikey sent us like forty eight thousand of them, so we're gonna hit some <laughs> of those, and we've got a couple other ones here, but um, we're gonna end right there. I think we took. We're, we're almost an hour into this thing. We, we answered like four questions, which awesome. is awesome. Come That's on. really cool. Thank you, Jesus. But 
for you guys who, who maybe this sparked up some questions in your heart, maybe this sparked up you, um, you didn't hit us up the first go around, send us your questions, send us your comments to the kingdom bringers at gmail.com. And we'll compile these questions and do another, like a part two Q and a, uh, here in the near future. Um, man, Scott, let's pray us out, bro. Yeah. Father, I want to thank you for the questions resonating in the heart of your kids and wanting um, just some godly answers. I pray that that's what they got today, God. I pray that what was received um, to them was um, heavenly perspective because that's what we desire to be. We desire to see things from a heavenly view. Um, Your word says that we're seated in heavenly places with Jesus, and we just want to look from that perspective, God. And we want to be able to always give a answer for the hope that we have, as your word says. And I just... I bless you, Father. We bless your name. We thank you for the blessings that have come upon us and our families and those that are listening. And we just speak. Um, we just the word of God says that if anyone should open his mouth, let him speak the oracles of God. So we pray that that's what you've received today was just a fresh word and um, just the goodness of His love over you and yours. And Father, I just pray blessings over this podcast in Jesus' name and that we would continue to do your work and that you would receive glory, Father. It's not about us. It's about it's about pointing to you and what you're doing. And we're thankful for just choosing us, God, as as um, your kids. And uh, we just we choose to walk and we choose to stand in your righteousness. And we thank you for the beauty that's revealed in um in this place on earth as it is in heaven and we love you jesus we thank you for your finished work on the cross of calvary father we just bless those listening and bless those around us in jesus name amen amen yeah guys thank you so much for everybody who sent us uh emails who sent us questions we're going to get to the rest of them um shortly hopefully if we get enough we'll just have no choice but to continue to do question and answers um also again pray about this. If you feel like led to support us financially, text the word Will Rhodes, W-I-L-R-O-A-D-S, Will Rhodes, to 77977. You'll get a text return with all the information you need to give um, financially to us. Partner with us. We, we really need the help and we're asking you guys if you're, if you're led to do so, please do so. That is it. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share these episodes with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Until next time, be blessed.